You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare to win with PFF Fantasy. Use PFF's exclusive rankings, projections, advanced statistics, and more to win your draft in August and set the best lineups through the end of the regular season. Made special for the podcast listeners, use PFF promo code 49ERSPOD to save 20% on PFF's Edge or Elite subscription anytime between now and the end of the season. Go to PFF.com to sign up today. to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, John Chapman, and we are just grinding through training camp. We now have seven complete days, and seven seems to be the magic number because we are exactly seven days away from our very first preseason game against the ever-hated Dallas Cowboys. I know it's preseason, but I am so pumped about this. A lot of news. You know, the 49ers, they've made six transactions just since our last 49ers Rush podcast episode two days ago. So very, very busy on and off the field. We're going to be going through injury updates, those transactions, who's been let go, who's been uh, added into it, plus quarterbacks reports, how have they been doing over the past two days, just going through basically the entire team. What are the things that we are seeing that's going to set us apart? I'm excited. I, I, I wish I could do one of these every day. Time only lets me do about every other day, but that's okay. So let's jump right into transactions. Right off the bat, the very first transaction was Niles Paul, the tight end that we just recently signed about a week ago, was released. They go ahead and they claim undrafted free agent Daniel Helm. He's six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. He was with Duke last year. The Chargers signed him initially and then waived him. And we were able to bring him over. Now, he is a very, very big target, 6'4", 240. Uh, He's more of an athletic type, much more than he is a blocking tight end. So 39 receptions for 378 yards, two touchdowns in college. He, He was kind of the number two tight end with Duke, which I was able to see a lot of film with him just because Daniel Jones was from over there. So breaking down the film there, we'll see what happens. He's got more upside than Niles Paul. And so I think that's kind of the idea. Niles Paul's much, much older and it didn't take long to realize he's not going to have a chance to make the roster. So that's what happened there. Then Max McCaffrey, who has been on again, off again, he got a couple games with us last year. He was waived. And somebody asked me on Twitter, what's the difference between being waived and released? It's basically if you have less than four years accrued, 
then you are waived. And what an accrued season is, is if you're on the active roster for more than six games in a year, that counts as one season under your belt. And this is important for retirement benefits and also salary cap vet minimums and all those things. But if you have less than four years accrued, then you are waived which means all 32 teams have to submit a claim on you, and whoever gets it first, based off of the draft order or waiver order, so like right now we're still on the draft order, for example, so the Cardinals get first shot all the way through New England at number 32 gets a last shot. So for rookies and or anybody that has four or less, they get waived and they have to go through that, and their contract stays with them whenever they get claimed. However, if you are past that four-year you have more than four years accrued, you're a veteran, you just get released completely. Any team, you're allowed to pick whatever team you want to go with. So you get to determine a little bit more where you go. So for example, Niles Paul, who was released, he can sign with whichever team he chooses to. The problem is not a lot of teams are really good. I think he might be done. But Max McCaffrey now has to go through the waiver cycle, which he has has not completed yet. So anyway, hopefully that makes some sense there. But we release Max McCaffrey, that is Christian McCaffrey's brother. We go, it's it's weird because McCaffrey was kind of one of the bigger, taller wide receivers that we are looking for in red zone, but we go with a smaller guy. We bring in Chris Thompson, wide receiver, 5'11", 171 pounds. He's, he's a smaller guy, but he's a speed guy, 4.37, 40 time. He was with the Texans last year. He was an undrafted free agent rookie last year out of Florida. He was a Gator, and... He played 13 games for the Texans, which is a lot. Uh, He was a punt returner and a kickoff return guy. He had five catches on the year on only six targets, but he is a big play waiting to happen. Averaged almost 17 yards per carry on just those five catches, but it just shows you um, this is a guy that could bring in some depth as a returner. Uh, He's definitely got an unbelievable climb to try to find a spot on here. And if he does, it's going to be in special teams. So he's going to be one of those guys that will be back there for the preseason games with punt returns and kickoff returns. And, And basically his route to making this roster, which again, I would put at less than 5%, is going to be can he be one of the top guys at the depth chart as a punt returner and kickoff returner? And maybe he could. I I doubt it, but Kyle Shanahan loves guys that are top in speed and explosive in the return game. Also, we made another move. Defensive lineman Capron Lewis-Moore, he headed to IR, so that frees up a roster spot. And we go ahead and bring in another big D lineman, Jay Broomley, 6'3", 314 pounds. He was a third-round pick back in 2014 for the New York Giants. Came out of Syracuse. Um, He's bounced around the league. He's never been a starter. He was with the Saints last year and ended up on IR. He didn't finish the season. But only two sacks and 57 career games. He's going to be fighting for that kind of run stuffer, the nose tackle position, even though we don't have a true nose tackle, but playing that shade or the big man spot on first and second down. That's really all that he is fighting for. And again, it's, it's weird because... We brought in two guys of the positions we have the most depth of, and that's wide receiver and defensive lineman. It seems like Kyle Shanahan has a set number that he wants at each position, and, you know, our safety is just 
decimated and you know it's just not looking good at all but it just doesn't seem like he cares at all uh, there's still a couple names out there but it's just interesting to note uh, he keeps bringing in bodies but they're at positions of strength that again uh, none of these guys are going to make the roster so I, I i guess i struggle with why not bring in somebody that could possibly help your team improve during the season but these are just camp bodies so take from that what you will quarterback performances which i think gives you a pretty good snapshot of the entire offense and how they're performing so we've we've two practices that we haven't talked about yet yesterday and or friday's practice and today saturdays i'm recording this immediately after practice got done about 45 minutes ago so friday performances did really really well jimmy garoppolo goes there's a couple different reports out there matt mayoko said he went nine for 14 during team drills eric branch had him down for 10 for 16 whichever one it doesn't matter uh, one he's he's come out and had two of his better days um, on Friday and Saturday, Nick Mullins on Friday went five for ten, and C.J. Beathard ten for twelve. Now, and you can hear in those numbers, it's starting to be interesting. You know, Kyle Shanahan said right off the bat that oh, we're going to just back and forth flip flop our quarterback too. Well, that wasn't the case for the first four to five days of practice, but the last two days that has been the case. CJ has gotten much more snaps the last two days, and he is making it, um, he's doing well. I I really think this is Mullen's job still, but, you know, the last two days, CJ Beathard goes 10 for 12 and 6 for 7. So, and Mullen saw his least amount of snaps that we have seen him get all training camp on Saturday. So, Let's go through Saturday's practice. Quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 7 for 12. He had two touchdown passes, two big touchdowns. One of them was a huge catch to Kittle. um, Touchdown to Kittle for about 20 yards. And another one was a 50-yard bomb to Dwelly, of all people, which is just, uh, that's awesome. Roz Dwelly is, he's making a spot for that number two, number three spot. So if I was to project the tight end position group right now, I think it would be Kittle, then you're going Caden Smith, and then Ross Dwelly, I think, would get that third spot over uh, Tololo. So just something to keep your eye on there. But one of the worst things about the first-team offense is they are giving up so much pressure. We were hoping that this would stop when they put the pads on, but it hasn't happened. Garoppolo would have been sacked five times today. And I say would have because, obviously, you cannot touch the starting quarterback or any quarterback during training camp, but the pressure up front is just unbelievable. Everybody is struggling big time, and it's it's causing a lot of ruckus in the run game and the passing game. Now, I will say this. Jimmy Garoppolo almost threw his first interception of the entire training camp as far as team goes today, but uh, Jaquiski Tart dropped the interception. It would have been Jimmy's first, but that's what it is. Nick Mullins, fewest snaps went one for four today and received one sack it's it's interesting the way it's going to shake out here and cj he he's a practicer it's just what he does he goes six for seven with one touchdown and allowed one sack as well now the next piece of information that i think is probably the most important is nick bosa holy cow this kid He's been held out of one team practice. You know, they're phasing him in. He's been held out of a couple one-on-ones. No health issues at all during camp. They're just slowly bringing him in. However, every time he has played in team, 
You know, we're in seven practices. He's gotten at least one sack every single practice of training camp and multiple sacks three times. He is just, he's as advertised, and he beat McGlinchey for a sack today on the very first play of team, and he beat Joe Staley later on in another day. So he's doing it against the best. It's not like he's going against, you know, the backup guys. Yes, um, he did get a sack versus Sean Coleman on the first play of team. But, again, he goes back and he beats one of the other top guys. And another interesting note is Joe Staley and Nick Bosa seem to be forming a very, very close bond. Friday after practice, both of the players stayed after and basically just had like a mini conference slash run through what's working, what's not, and congratulating each other for about 15 minutes after practice. It was just them two. Um, it seems like Joe Staley's kind of taken him under his wing, and that is the best case scenario because, you know, you could talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, that's great. Joe Staley is the leader of this entire team. Like, he is the captain. Um, and I don't think it's close. I think it would go Joe Staley. Then I think it would go Jimmy Garoppolo. And then third tier would be DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. I don't think Buckner's as outspoken, but everybody kind of looks to him and his leadership. But Joe Staley's the guy. If you could only have one captain, um, it would be him. And then number two would be Joe Staley. So for him to start to work with, you know, our number two overall pick, Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa having so much early success. Our defense is looking stout. Very, very excited about this. Now let's just go over some injury updates and kind of who was held out. We had a couple players set out with some vet days. Um, Joe Staley got a vet day on Saturday. Richard Sherman also got a vet day on Saturday. Now the biggest injury that's the most concerning, um, Akello Witherspoon, his glute injury sat out both Friday and Saturday. It seems minor. But you don't want him, this This has been his MO. As soon as contact happens, he's no longer available. Um, now, the glute injury I don't think was because of contact, but it's always been something. Health has been a factor in all three years. You know, he's in his third year now. He's got to stay healthy. And because he's been out, guess who's taking starting snaps at that cornerback uh, position opposite Sherman? Yep, Jason Verrett. And he has looked amazing. So it's one of those things, you know, we can go back to the Alex Smith concussion back in the hardball days. Alex Smith was playing amazing football. He gets a concussion. Kaepernick comes in and plays perhaps some of the best quarterback play in the entire NFL that year. And Smith never got his job back. You, you know, you, you hate to lose a starting spot due to injury. But if the new guy comes in and balls out, what do you do? So something to keep an eye on there. D Ford, he did sit out Friday and Saturday's practice. He just didn't practice. Um, he said if it was during the season, he'd go 100%. But just being precautious there, especially whenever we have so many guys in our D line, don't need to rush it. DeForest Buckner did conditioning on Friday and Saturday, but again, he did not suit up and do team drills. Now, and this is interesting too. You know, D Ford and DeForest Buckner are out. But our defense is still getting five sacks against the number one offense. That's a dramatic change from what we have seen here in the past five years as 49ers fans. It's just totally different. So the amount of pressure that's being generated all across the board is just absolutely impressive. And, of course, Jeff Wilson, his calf, he's going to be out for several weeks. Now, 
Before I go through some more individual stock up, stock down players, kind of what's happened over the last two days, I want to say thanks to Manscaped again. A lot of you guys, man, the 49ers Rush Podcast, you guys answered strong. Um, we did a giveaway, which that has already been awarded and sent out. And just want to say to the 49er King, thank you for participating in that. But Manscaped, uh, just want to say thanks for you know, sponsoring this podcast. They are the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for the family jewels, and you want those to be nice and clean. All you got to do is head to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 49ersRush, no spaces, one word, 49ERSRUSH. Um, all together get 20% off and free sheep, free shipping with the code. And you also get an additional travel uh, bag, which is very, very nice. I use mine now all the time. And all you got to do is use that code. So if you buy one of the kits, that is there. Head over there. That supports the podcast big time. And just want to say thanks to those guys. Um, again, 49ers Rush. It was pretty cool. You know, I put it on the last episode and I tweeted it out. Several of you guys have head over there and already used that. And I promise you this, you're going to be very, very happy. So support the podcast, head over there, Manscaped, look good, feel good, and support uh, the podcast. It's all good things. Now, back to the 49ers. Matt Burrows, uh, Barrows, who's one of my absolute favorites, he was on 49ers Live on Friday, and he had a couple mentions that I thought were interesting. He talked about Julian Taylor and just how he has looked consistently good. You know, we really like Julian Taylor. The front office does. The coaching staff does because – his ceiling is very, very high. He's he's like a poor man's DeForest Buckner with his size and power and speed. He can play all over the defensive line, and he is just one of those guys that no matter what gets so much push against the offensive line. He is in the backfield now. He's not as elusive, and he doesn't like break free as much as like a Solomon Thomas or DeForest Buckner. But every single play, whether it's in one-on-ones, inside, team, he is living in the uh, off offense's backfield, which is great. He also mentioned, Matt Barrows, uh, Tyler Mayfield, tight end from Wyoming, who's been a backup fullback and kind of really good at special teams. He's a dark horse to make the roster as a um, special team specialist just because, he, again, versatility. You have that, then Kyle Shanahan loves you. I talked a little bit about Jason Verrett, but I, I want to get into some more specifics you know, it, in today's practice during Saturday, he was the only defensive back to win multiple reps in one verse ones. The wide receivers just took the defense to the woodshed today in one on ones and seven on seven, except for Jason Verrett. He just doesn't give up space. And, you know, you talk about guys like Marquise Goodwin, who's probably the fastest player in the NFL. He's just blowing past people, and our safety play has just been horrendous, and he keeps getting behind the defense, except for when Jason Verrett's on him. He stays with him stride for stride and just looks absolutely incredible. You know, it, if we go back to Friday's practice, Akilo Witherspoon goes down with his glute injury. So Jason Verrett steps in automatically. The second play, he gets a pass breakup and team against Goodwin. And just, I don't know if he can, I don't know if he's going to give up that spot. I, I really, really don't. I think both will get meaningful snaps, Witherspoon and Verrett. But man, if I'm a betting person, which I am, um, I would bet on Jason Verrett starting the first snap on defense for the 49ers come week one. He has just been, he's been great. Um, also on the other side of the ball, Dante Pettis. He's won every single rep in camp. 
um, one-on-ones. There's just so much separation on every route. He beat Sherman deep for a touchdown um, on one-on-ones on Friday. He is just balling out. And finally, we're getting some more good news about Debo Samuel, our second-round pick out of South Carolina. Uh, the quote was, he must uh, read DJ Reed on an out route. You know, DJ Reed made a great break and cut in front of it, but Debo Samuel does what Debo Samuel does. He jumps over him, uses his body and physicality and strength, and just ripped the ball away from him. Um, he also got a touchdown catch on Saturday um, from C.J. Beathard over Tim Harris. So rookie versus rookie there, and you love to hear Debo doing well because ideally he would be the starter at that number two wide receiver spot uh that x spot if you will or i mean he just he could be he should be that guy it does take rookie wide receivers a while to get involved in the offense but if kyle shadahan had it his way the first three wide receivers to jog, uh, to jog out there for the first play of the 49ers game week one it would be pettis it would be Debo and it'd be Marquise Goodwin. Those would be the three guys out there. And then if it got into short yardage, uh, Goodwin would go out. Trent Taylor would come in. If you got into the red zone, you, then you'd be taking out. Uh, you could take out Pettis. I don't. I don't know if you're going to keep him out there or not. But you put Kendrick Bourne in there, who has just been dominating out there. Uh, staying with the wide receiver position, Trent Taylor continues to dominate. Uh, continues to have the most catches of the entire offense. Uh, he's just unbelievable. He had that deep pass where he came back and just, he's playing with the level of dynamic play we've never seen from this kid. I, I It's funny. I, I didn't want to include this because I've hyped up Trent Taylor every single report I've done, but he is still, he's going out there and just showing out. Matt Breida, he got a lot of positive comments on Friday, and he's playing all over the place. It, there's definitely a value to what he does, and you can tell they want to get the ball in his hands. He's practicing kickoff return. He got some outside lineups at wide receiver and some empty backfield, running back, swing passes. They're doing everything that they can. He had an awesome touchdown play in the flats on Friday's practice, so they're going to continue to get him work. And staying with our rookies, man, Jalen Hurd came out and just did great. Now, he hasn't been getting a lot of snaps with the first and second team, but that's starting to take place. And his very first place out there with team, it was funny because NFL Network was at training camp today. So for training camp live, they go into team drills, and sure enough, it was a reverse or an end around, whatever you want to call it, to Jalen Hurd. And holy cow, he ran 20 yards upfield before anybody got within an arm's length of him. He looks quick. Um, he looks really, really fast. So that looks great. Lots of different ways to get him the ball. And Saturday, man, he, he played great. Again, they did a red zone team drill, and they did red zone one-on-ones and seven-on-seven, which is great because the 49ers have been worse at that than almost any other team in the league. So I love that they're working that. He dominated against every DB that he went against. And it was funny because every time it was his turn to go up, the defense would start chirping because of the fights that they had beforehand. He would just run, turn around, body them up, and just be more physical. His size is huge, you know, as a 6'4 guy, and just caught every ball uh, for a touchdown. Like, he was unstoppable in red zone. And that carried on later on during team and seven on sevens whenever they went out of red zone because two different defensive backs took him to the ground 
uh, when you're not supposed to do that in practice. And he just popped up unfazed. Uh, they were chirping at him, you know, trying to get back underneath his skin, you know, from the two previous fights. So it's curious to see. You know, he started off jawing and throwing punches, and now he's beating him on the field and calmed down. So it's one of those things that I want to keep watching because this kid could be special. Like, he could be one of those guys that's just an absolute matchup nightmare, and you don't know where he's going to line up. Backfield, tight end, H-back, slot, out wide. Um, So much that we can do with that guy. Now, I will say this about the offense, and it makes me very, very happy. There are certain plays that are drawn up for individuals to make sure our ballers are getting the ball in their hands. Specific plays designed to get them the ball. Uh, Shovel pass to Kittle, for example, in the middle of the field. Uh, Jet sweep to Goodwin. They ran the Philly special on Friday, which was awesome. Uh, I can't believe, you know, if you're worried about Jimmy Garoppolo's knee or his health, well, guess what? They run a Philly special in the red zone where Pettis comes around on an end around. Jimmy G flips it to him. Uh, they do the double flip. So it goes to the running back. Then it goes to Dante Pettis. Jimmy Garoppolo runs a route, basically a wheel route, and catches a touchdown pass. So they're having a lot of fun out there. I'm pretty excited to see what's going to go on. And, you know, Marcel Harris, I do want to give him a shout out. He's had a very up and down camp, but he did get an interception on Friday. Uh, He picked off Nick Mullins. He jumped in front of Richie James for an interception. And that's two practices in a row that Richie James was the wide receiver on an intercepted route. So uh, James is up and down. Uh, Some of the best highlight plays have been from Richie James. And he's having a hell of a camp. But also, some of the worst plays have been Richie James. So something to just kind of look forward to. I, I really do think he separated himself. I think that the competition right now, the top five guys are locked. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd. I think Marquise Goodwin's a lock as well unless he gets traded. And then Trent Taylor. So I don't think you keep more than six. So Richie James and Kendrick Bourne, those two seem to be the last two guys fighting for that spot. And it's weird because they're so different. You know, Richie Games is kind of the shifty slot guy with a lot of speed. And then you've got Kendrick Bourne that's a perfect red zone target. So if I had to bet right now, I'd say we'd keep Bourne and Richie James would be traded or cut, which, man, it it just – that seems ridiculous. (laughs) But this is the problem. You know, I I tweeted out yesterday – some possible trade targets, and I think you have to focus on certain positions. Defensive line and wide receiver and then running back. Studs are going to be cut from those three position groups. So what do you do? I think you hold on to these guys until you get through the second or third preseason game, and if everybody is healthy from those groups, you're going to have tough choices to make. So what what do you do there? Do you send somebody out for a trade and get like a third or a fourth or a fifth round pick back? Do you trade Marquise Goodwin away for a fourth uh, so that you can keep Richie James and Kendrick Bourne? Do you trade away somebody like Ronald Blair so that you can keep um, Julian Taylor? These are questions that front offices have to deal with. And you have to make the best choice for your team. Now, I was asked earlier, like, why would you do that? Because you can just keep them for a year. And then when they go sign with somebody else, like Matt Breida, for example, I said Matt Breida is a possible trade candidate if Jarek McKinnon is completely healthy and can come back and prove that he can be relied upon. And everybody gets pissed off. Now, understand this. Matt Breida is my favorite running back we have. 
I think Matt Breida should be our bell cow running back. However, it seems like Kyle Shanahan completely disagrees with me. So I wouldn't mind trading Breida because he's on one of the cheapest contracts in the United uh, in the United States in the NFL because he was an undrafted free agent and it's the last year of his deal. So teams want him because he's young and super cheap and he's in a contract league. People don't want Tevin Coleman. He's locked up for $5 million. They don't want to pay that. People don't want Jarek McKinnon coming off an injury. He's got a huge contract. So those guys aren't tradable. You're not going to get anything in return for them. Matt Breida, you could. Okay. So that's why I'm saying like he is a possible trade target if everybody else is healthy. Again, he's my favorite running back, but due to the contract and all those things, it's, it's valuable to trade him. Now, what was argued the argument on twitter was why not just keep him matt Breida, and then allow him to sign like a big contract somewhere else and we get the compensation pick well as we're going through all these transactions and who to cut and who to keep you have to understand how compensation picks work there are two main criteria playing time and contract size so the way that it works is it doesn't matter necessarily how many players you sign or how much you pay out. It all goes into this very complex equation that, again, playing time and contract status, you have to give away, you have to allow walk out your door and not sign free agents. Because when you sign big time free agents like Quan Alexander, Tevin Coleman, this loses basically your compensation pick value. So this front office, the 49ers front office, we love to make big-time splash signings with guys like D. Ford and stuff. Now, that was a trade, so that doesn't in- enter into the equation because we traded for him. But Quan Alexander and Tevin Coleman will. We didn't lose anybody that signed big contracts anywhere else. So don't look for the 49ers to get a decent comp pick. You know, A lot of teams don't get any compensation picks whatsoever. The front office here seems to have the mindset of, you know, and we're rolling over even more cap into 2020, we will sign more free agents. The Patriots are kind of the champions of the comp pick equation because they don't sign anybody that's a free agent until after the date clears. So it's just very interesting the way it works. So the idea of 49ers trying to keep Brita for a comp pick later on, that's not going to work out with this front office and the way that they have chosen to build their team. Not saying I agree or disagree. It's just what it is. I do love Matt Brita. Again, let me say that he should be our number one running back, but um, it's just – our coaching staff just doesn't seem to want that. They're not playing him that way. He's not getting those snaps. So anyway, that's going to be it for us today. I will be back. Um, they have another practice. Practice number eight will be Monday, and then they get a day off of the field. They are staying with the facility, but the CBA says you can only work out four days on the field in a row. So what they'll do is they'll practice Monday, then have a day off, and then four more days, then a day off, and then it's game time versus the Cowboys. So again, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 49ersRush, 20% off, free shipping. And if you buy one of the kits, you get a free tote bag, which is legit. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.